Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Hi, Steph. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. Nice to see you. And you, Jason. Thanks for inviting me. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation, misunderstanding uh, around relationships. So I don't know where we would jump off with this topic. You know, I think, I think that like the, like the conversation we were having before about there's people seem to see relationships as, you know, that platonic and romantic and friendships are all different. But to me, it seems that if someone's struggling in, in one area of relationships, it's just the same. It, it's the same misunderstanding. It just plays itself out, you know, in, the, in, in a different way, you know, in a different type of relationship, right? Absolutely, yeah. I think that it, it goes back to, um, it goes back to what Michael Neal says about, so we, if we don't know where our experience is coming from, or we don't know who we really are, then life can look really difficult and other people can look really difficult and challenging. Feels like there's a, you know, like a conditional uh, response that we have to make with people. I, I, I was, I was thinking about my journey with, with, with the principles and, and, and what I saw early on. Um, and, and I think one of the biggest insights that I had early on was that I wasn't the person that I made myself up to be. I wasn't, if, if, if I am creating my reality through thought, and thought is transient, thought is not consistent, it's not, uh, it's a variable. I can, be, I can have different thoughts about me one day and have, in a different state of mind, I can have completely different idea of who I am the following day. But I remember what I did was, you know, most of this, the story of my life was that, um, yeah, I had a, I, I had a tough childhood, you know, um, at school and with, with family and stuff. And I, I had, I was told that I, I had no confidence and that I had very low self-esteem. So I, I bought into those. And, and when I bought into those, I began to see life through those filters, you know. So if I'm not confident, I can't 
have that job. I can't ask that girl out. I can't talk to that person. What I didn't realize until I came to the principles was that I had this really, really entrenched story about who I was and about what I was and what I wasn't capable of. And as we were saying before we started, my story, it was kind of, I looked at other people and it seemed to me like everybody else could, you know, was intelligent. Everybody else could do stuff at school that I couldn't. And then everybody else at work was was really successful and 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 regardless of how sometimes how well I did things, all I focused on was the thing that I got wrong or the thing that I was worried about doing. Does that make sense yeah. you know out of out of nine things that I might have you know, done reasonably okay. The one thing that I, 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 I screwed up, that was who I was in my mind. So that was the place that I lived from. That was who I thought I was. My, 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 my mantra in my head was, I'm just, I'm only just getting away with it. You know, sooner or later, at some point, somebody's going to find me out, you know, for the, for the, the fraud I am, and the, the, the useless person that I am, the person that isn't, isn't worthy. So when I began to discover the principles, and I saw that, my experience in every moment is being created by thought. I, I began to see that <laughs> this was, this, this is interesting. So, so I thought I was really, really shy and I thought that, you know, that there were things that I couldn't do, but on the other hand, I was, I was a musician, you know, I've been a professional musician for five years. And I, I was used to walking out on stage and playing in front of hundreds, maybe thousands of people. But in my head, I never, ever saw that. I never considered that to be the, 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 the behavior of a confident person. I, I discounted that because in my head, I only ever saw what I what 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 scared me, what what was um, and and talking you know talking to girls and, and and going for job interviews that sort of things frightened the life out of me, and it, it limited what I did. But I didn't see all the good stuff. I didn't see the other stuff that that where I I seemed to operate quite competently. So sorry, going back to the principles when I saw that I had this story about myself when I saw that sometimes I was really nervous and I was really shy, but sometimes I wasn't. Sometimes I was quite confident and relatively competent. 
And I began to see just how much I had focused my attention, my awareness on this person that I'd made up. I remember going to a, um, an NLP therapist and they said, oh, with, with my, with my um, self-esteem problem, and I remember them saying, okay, so lock, lack of confidence, we can probably do something about that in six months. But low self-esteem, mm, you know, that, that, that could take years. And I remember when I began to see this, I began to see that low self-esteem doesn't exist. It isn't real. Yeah. Do you know what? I, lo I love that you set the context in that way of this conversation because it could be two completely different conversations if, if, you're, coming, if you're looking at it from a different way. Like... Seeing, seeing it from the place of, you know, I am the story that I create about myself. I am the limitations that I make up about me means that relationships are going to look totally different to if we were approaching this from the place of saying, um, okay, those limitations are what we call limiting beliefs and uh, we can do something about the limiting beliefs, you know, and we can work in that side of things. But seeing it from before the story, you know, like how the story is yeah. created gives, yeah. um, you know, anyone listening a, a different direction to look in, I guess, you know, about how we, how we, how we experience relationships, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, and you, you, you nailed it there because I, I in, in so trying to explain my experience of seeing how I had innocently created this story. And in creating this story, I'd created this image of me. I created this idea of me, which in my head looked really real. And sometimes it still does, you know, when I forget. But seeing that how I did that about myself makes it really um, a lot easier to see the stories that I make up about other people and the stories that they make up about themselves. So, I, you know, I, I, I've told this story before, but... I had a, an experience with my dad who my entire life I'd been at odds with. You know, I didn't like him as a person. I didn't like what he stood for. To me, he seemed to be um, an angry person and he, he, he had you know, beliefs about, you know, sort of racism and, and basically if there was an ism he would have it and so I kind of grew up with this image of him in my head and I would fight against it you know I would constantly try and point him or argue with him and try and fix him and try and show him which was the right way and later on in his life I was called upon to um to, to look after him, to be his carer, um, which was interesting. 
because neither of us liked each other. And he would, he would be so angry, you know, every time we were together, um, he would, you know, basically spend all day getting angry about things that I'd done, things that my sister had done, things in the past. And, and, and then as soon as I, I walked in, he would kind of let me have it full blast. And I remember when I first came to the principles doing an exercise called the listening exercise, which a lot of people might know, which basically consists of ultimately listening without listening to the noise going on in your head. It's basically listening without judgment, listening without listening to your own agenda, listening to your own need to fix. And to cut a long story short, I had a conversation with my dad, or rather I kind of sat with him for two hours. And in that place where I just sat with him, and I listened to him explode at first and, 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 and shout and scream. And I, I mean, he was in his 90s then. And I, and I kind of sat with him while he went through that. And I was so desperately trying not to listen to my, my thinking, you know, wanting to react. I just watched him. And, and as I didn't react, as I sat in that space, he slowed down. And over two hours, it was incredible to watch how he began to remember things that he'd forgotten. He, his, his dementia got a little bit better for that time. And he went from being completely... Uh, like a, a volcano to, 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 to being really quiet and being really loving, which just like, he had never been with me before. And what I saw in that, I mean, that changed our relationship until he died a couple of years later and it changed everything. What I saw in that was that I was not wedded to my story and my relationship with him that in the past. And I wasn't seeing, I wasn't paying attention to my story of him. What was happening was we were both eventually sitting in that space of no story. He didn't realize that's what was happening, but because I wasn't reacting, I wasn't trying to fix him or teach him or because I was just with him in that space without a story. This is the magical thing, right? In that place, if we're in that place without a story, if we're in this moment, then we speak to that place in them. To me, it seems like we're not talking to their story. We're not talking to the rubbish going on in their head. We're talking to something deeper. And 
And that seems to me, I see it time and time and time again. That wakes up something in people. They, on some level, they recognize that, that quiet space. They recognize that um, place of no story. And underneath the story, underneath the, the noise in our heads, is love. That's, that's who we are. That's what we revert to when we pay less attention to the story. Yeah. I was... My mind was like I was I was stuck on the um, the experience you shared about listening, you know. And and then when you said that's love, I thought, yeah, you know, love is a a place to come from, but it's something that I spent a lifetime thinking it was a place to get to, you know, something I was going to get from somebody else, but I didn't realize that it came from me. The experience of feeling it came from from where I was at, and um, and when I work with clients and. You know, I'm I'm pointing them back to that same exercise about listening, you know, like the rock with ears, you know, just kind of like get rid of the story, just try listening. And the word that always comes to me is curiosity, you know, like be curious, you know, like be curious about someone else, you know, what is their experience like? And, and it's where I go to myself when I find myself getting agitated or something in a situation, it's like, oh, I need to listen, you know, it's kind of, and, and just going back to that place of curiosity and listening to someone and and I love the experience that you shared with your dad you know because I've had that with people you know that like mm. when I go back to that place of listening and saying oh that's how you see it you know it's kind of like it's not like it doesn't matter what I think or what my story of you is or how I think you should see it but it's like that is how you see it and and what happens for people in that process right it's like they fall into that space of quietness that you expl- that you explained and, and and that's the nice feeling that we always talk that, that I think Sid pointed to, you know, look for a feeling. Yeah. It's like that that space of of nothingness, just that space of feeling the love coming from you, you know, rather than looking to get something from somebody or to convince someone of a point of view, regardless of whether it's a romantic or a platonic or a work relationship, it's the same experience. I really like that. I love what that what you say in, in that so love to me, you know, we kind of we 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 make a thing out of love, don't we? We kind of make it into like family love and romantic love and and it's all it's all a, an idea of what love is based on what we think we know about life but you know when we talk about unconditional love it's not a transaction is it you know i think sometimes we we we're we, we might be i've done it definitely in a relationship where i think well if i do this then you've got to do that and if you don't do that then I'm not going to be happy, you know. So there's there's something about you know this thing about um, oneness and and 
non-duality and there's there's only one of us and that didn't make sense to me for years you know it well it kind of made sense intellectually but it but it, it, it i knew it should be true but i, I hadn't really I hadn't seen it deeply i hadn't realized it on an insight level and then one day I was, I was, uh, I saw people on a plane, right? I was on a plane and, and people were queuing for the loo and people were really, really upset because one of the loos had been broken. There was only one loo left. So there was a long queue and somebody sitting right behind the loo had this baby in their, in, in, in their arms. And this baby was like, total joy total delight it was like so happy to see people and stuff and i saw people from the back of the line who were really really grumpy and write in writing mental letters to the air the you know the, <laughs> the airline by the time they got to the front and they were they were the next in line to go into the loo, they were completely transfixed by this baby and and i i began to see that you know there's so much in life where we feel love that is not is 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 not sort of personal it's you know so so we can see an animal and we can we can really feel touched by it we can see a baby and feel really touched by it we, there are so many things where we this spontaneous love seems to just bubble up through us for no reason whatsoever and that was the moment when i saw that that was the moment where i thought yeah that's where that's where the rubber meets the road with no separation that is proof to me that love isn't personal that is who we are and we are not when we're in that space we're just not separated from people your love is the proof to me that there is no separation there is no separate self there's no is it there's an apparent separate self but the truth our true nature is that love without condition uh, we we think ourselves out of it but it's there it's there and and, and I, every time i see it I, I it gets stronger for me and i love what you said about so when it's you know, looking for a connection looking outside of ourselves for love that that as you said it's that's just not true love is already there love is love is the energy that that that, that binds us love is the energy that 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 shows us that we're one and I, and and I love the fact that 
this might sound weird, Jason, but I, I love the fact that I'm speaking to you now and it's in this space, it feels like I'm talking to myself in a good way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in, a, in a good way. So, so if, if all the worries that I used to have about, I don't know, talking to clients, talking to people, wanting to impress people, wanting to be seen to be somebody worth talking to. That kind of just, that, that is just a symptom of me feeling separate. If, if, if I feel like I'm talking to myself in a room full of people, there is absolutely no reason to have any fear whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about the the experience of love, you know, what came to me was, um, you know, just the word knowing, you know, like that deep know sense of knowing versus spending years. Like if people used to ask me, you know, what what is love? You know, it was kind of like I said, well, I think I know what it is, or it's this, it's that. But now I know, you know, like and I know when I'm in the presence of, and I know when I'm experiencing it, and and and. It's like, I don't have that doubt anymore. You know, I have that strong sense of knowing what it is, the experience of it and when it's present. And, but I think like, you know, as the podcast is about misunderstandings, I think it's worth, you know, pointing back to the fact that most of humanity, you know, and that's a big statement, I guess, or, or a lot of people, you know, live in a misunderstanding of what love is and, and they're, and, and like they fall in love. Marina said so eloquently, you know, like they fall in love with a, with a beautiful story. You know, they find someone who matches their story and it's like, yeah, your story matches my story and we have similar beliefs, you know, and, and, and so let's fall in love, you know, and if you, like you said before, if, if you keep doing what, you know, you're, you're showing up to do at the moment, then I'll love you and, you know, and, and you'll love me if I keep, you know, playing in my side of the story. And, looking back at I didn't know it at the time but looking back at that it seems so sad you know there's such a, there's such like a to me there's I, I felt like I missed out so much you know when I was trying to live that way you know god yeah <laughs> yeah I, I I I think I'm you know several relationships including a marriage you know where Love was transactional. You know, love was uh, was expectation. You know, I I've made a story up of you, and my expectation is that you stay within that. If you don't, you don't love me. But I think there's also another aspect to it as well with with people is that when we live in a that kind of conditional love scenario, as you just really described really well there. There's something about, if we don't know we're okay in our souls, in, in our, you know, as, as a, as a knowing, if we don't believe that we are okay, if we need people, 
to be the story that we're creating of them. They were always going to be behind the curve. We're always going to be struggling because it looks to us like we need them to be a certain way in order for us to be okay. If we can see, if we can have the true freedom to really know that no matter what happens, if that person is there or that person is not there for whatever reason, we are still whole. We are still okay. We are still full of the miracle and the potential of life. Once we see that in ourselves, it, it kind of takes the pressure off the story. Because so many of us, I say pretty much all my relationships were based on that. I'm not going to be okay if you're not the way I want you to be. But it changes things dramatically. Everything changes if we have that knowledge of who we are. Does that make sense? Yeah. It made it. It made me like when you were talking. I was kind of reflecting, and I thought. Where I may, if, if you'd have asked me a few years ago about my past, I may have told you about all the um, unlucky experiences I'd had in relationships, you know, and how I'd just met the wrong people and had the wrong experience. And, and at this moment, when I reflect back on it, I would say I've been gifted with the people, you know, that made me look in the right direction, you know, that like were not willing to um, bend to to fit you know with a story that i wanted them to fill with a with a role that i wanted them to play in order for me to be okay you know what i got was the people that reflected back to me you know the experience that i was having and and made me look you know there's only one direction to look and that's inwardly you know for the answers and 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 when i look back at all the experiences that i had all of them all of them seem to be pointing that way you know, and it's like now, so I can look back at it from this place and say, wow, you know, how grateful I am for those experiences because, you know, if I hadn't have, you know, I had to go to that place to get to this place. I, I love that saying because it's like through those experiences that I, I continued looking, you know, and, and, and not until, like you said, I realized who I was and how my experience was created. Did I have that? you know, that commonality of seeing that we're both creating the illusion, you know, that we're in and, and being able to sit back from that and, and have a different experience of relationships, you know, in, in all areas of life. So has, has any of the, how has your experience of relationships shifted, would you say? But like the people, some of the people that are around me, you know, the difference has been that like, I'm not caught up in how they need to be. I'm more curious about 
how they're, you know, who they are beneath the story that they're creating and beneath the behaviors that they're, pre- that they're presenting and like knowing that they are God, they are who are the same as I am, you know, they have that innate health, they have that place to come from and that not really being in judgment of that or being in judgment of that and, and just that not meaning anything, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I have judgment. It's kind of like, and why does that matter? You know, like I realized that I used to perpetuate the cycle by being in judgment of the judgment, thinking there was something wrong with me, you know, like <laughs> having judgment. So it's yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm more in a relationship with, I'm coming from a place of knowing who I am and, and being curious about who they are and, and, you know, not being caught up in the story and, and having a different experience of people. And, and I think the difference is from, from, you know, if I could guess from someone else's perspective and, and share my own is that like, regardless of what people present or how they you know, present things or what experience we have in the moment, you know, I, I have a happier experience of being with people, you know, and I enjoy it more and I laugh more and I feel connected more and, um, you know, and I, and I share moments more, you know, with people. And, and I would guess other people's experience of me is that, you know, I'm more content, I'm more present, um, I, I'm more in the moment, I'm easier to be around. And, you know, if I, if I, if I really wanted to blow my own trumpet you know i would say that people have a you know experienced that transformative presence where you know i've i've in fact people have said that to me that like oh i only need to spend time with you and i feel better i don't know what happens but like something changes you know yeah yeah i i i i would i would agree with that 100 percent. i would agree with that um There's something about being in this space without the story that allows us to have a fresh experience of the same person. You know, it could be this, we could be with the same person every day. But when we come to it without the the expectations and without the history and without the idea of who they are there's a there's a whole playing field of new things to discover you know there's um so there's um uh, something by krishnamurti where he says um, you know, what our tendency to do with adults is to, you know, when we're in nature, you know, we'll find a flower and then we'll name it and then we'll find a tree and then we'll name it. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll look at, uh, uh, an animal and then we'll name it and, and then we'll move on. So what, what that does is we, I think we have a tendency to say, oh yeah, this person is this. We tick the box and then we don't look any deeper. <clears throat> you know, with, <clears throat> with, with, with the tree, you know, you tick the box. Okay, let's move on 
tip the, the flower, move on. There's no, there's no potential for discovery in that. There's no potential for exploration because we've mentally named it and labelled it and then discarded it because we feel more comfortable doing that. But what we miss out on is, is when we don't buy into the story, when we don't label it, we we stay open to to miracles you know you stay open to looking at the flower really really closely and seeing all the beauty in it and, and the same with the tree and the animals and the same with people if we don't if we don't tick them up, tick the box with our story about them. Yeah, I know them. They're like this. Then it opens up so much that we can see further, that we can appreciate about that person, that we can fall in love with again, day after day after day. And it, there's the stories about Sid, you know, he used to every, every, you know, time he'd have a cup of tea, he'd go, oh, this is the best cup of tea I've ever tasted. That's because he was so in the moment. He was so full of, so open to, to, to miracles that every day he would experience something different. And that's, that's what's, it seems to me, is on the table for relationships. We can discover, we can explore things about people and with people that we could never have imagined. We wouldn't have had the imagination to do because we closed it off. We can, you know, like with my dad, he was like 94 or something. And I'd had a 50 years with him. And I saw something with him in the space of two hours that I'd never seen before. And it changed everything. That's what's on the table. That's what's possible. Yeah, it's it opens up a whole new world of possibility, right? I mean, it's like you may have come to this podcast to learn about how to have a relationship or family struggle <laughs> or a personal friendship struggle, but like you know, if your head hasn't fallen off, you know, it may be worth listening again because like there's so much more on offer, you know, there's so much more potential, there's so much more to relationships than living in the story right this the story of like you said you know like i love what you said about um you know the story of other people and this and the flowers and the trees you know i think a lot of us that are in this conversation and and i certainly had it 
Um, I've had it multiple times. One when I got clean from my addiction and, and then multiple times again. But then in this conversation was noticing nature, you know, listening to oh birds, trees, um, colors of nature, you know, and things like that. Thinking, well, that's been there all along. But like I've been living in the... I've been living in the in the story of me, you know, that's been playing uh, in my head on repeat, you know, like every day, all day, every night, all night for the last thirty yeah. years, you know. Yeah. And and every now and again, I get a, a glimpse, you know, and and and, uh, and I wake up to what's really around me, and and I love how that how you said about that for relationships because it's it's so true, you know, that like oh this person is, you know, insert word, you know, unreliable. Mm. Um, talks a lot, gossips, whatever it is, you know, it's kind of like insert the word and then you turn up with a, a predefined idea about who they are and then and then you get that self-fulfilling prophecy. You, you see, I knew they were like that. You know, I knew I shouldn't have gone. You know, it's kind of yeah. like, so you're looking for what it is and every time, you know, that's how self-fulfilling prophecy works. Every time you're looking for something, you find it. You'll find something exactly. that points to it in, in order so exactly. you can walk away and go, see, I, I was right, you know, just to be right. And exactly. and approaching relationships with a different perspective, like you said, you know, it's like you, you I'm a different person every day, you know, and, and like and that's no different for anyone else. When I show up to meet somebody, no matter how long I've known them, no matter how much time we've spent together, it's kind of like if I'm curious, if I if I don't have the story, then you know, something different's gonna show up, right? Yeah. Yeah, beautifully put. It reminds me of <clears throat> the story Michael talks about, you know, the, the post, the postage stamp of possibility. We have these limitations. We have this little box in our head that, that, that constricts us to this is what life is. This is what people are. This is what nature is. This is what we don't. We do not know what life is. Nobody knows what life is. The problem is, we all go around thinking we do. So we, we, we constrict life into this tiny little box, this tiny little postage stamp of possibility of what it, we, like you say, we expect it to be. And that, so that's what we find. But it, Sid kind of said, and this is paraphrasing, I can't remember the exact word. He basically said, if you think you know what life is, then you don't know. It's the possibility of it's the possibility of things that we experiencing things that we don't have the imagination within our little box you know once once we become aware of this tiny little box that we've made for ourselves of what life is and what 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 it should be and what we want from it once we're free of that then we begin to let life live us we give life permission you know, to go with the flow, to not try and control it so much, 
to not have to control it so much. If we just accept that we don't have a clue what's going on and we, we can't possibly know, then it allows us to, to let life live through us, to let life create through us. You know, if life is beating our hearts, if life is, is uh, breathing us, then it makes sense to allow life to do the rest. And, and I have found with, 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 with me, if nothing else, you know, I'm a bear of little brain, but once I, I kind of accepted that I haven't got a clue what's going on, life just seems to flow so much easier and everything I hold more lightly than ever I did before. Holding things lightly for me is, is not, you know, not getting quite so upset, not getting quite so ecstatic, but not quite so upset and because things aren't as they seem. Yeah, so I feel like we could go in so many directions with this conversation, you know. And um, but yeah, my I've had such a similar experience of life of letting go of things, you know, and 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 not knowing, you know. Like whereas I was talking to someone about it earlier, and 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 they were struggling with um, uncertainty, you know, and, and I've something that I've experienced. And I said, you know, that like uncertainty can be really exciting, you know, that you can really enjoy and look forward to the uncertainty and get up every day with, with excitement about life and curiosity about what's going to happen, you know, and they were like, oh, I don't like the sound of that. You know, I, I like my stable job and, and knowing where my money's coming from. It's like, and I can identify with that too. You know what that used to be like, but it's like now it's kind of like I'm like, wow, what's going to happen next? You know, it's kind yeah. of like that's different. Knowing that I'm okay, knowing who I am, and knowing that how I create my experience of life just allows that space for the uncertainty to to be cool. You know, to be good. Yeah, it's um. It's a real, a real gift to not need to control life. I mean, the truth of the matter is we don't control it, and we, we, we are, we are sitting in the unknown in every moment of every day. We really don't know what's going to happen. We just fool ourselves into thinking we do. Yeah, and to. To be able to see that means that we can, like you just described, perfect. You know, we can rest in the unknown, knowing that what we've done is we've 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 kind of taken ourselves out of that little box, that little postage stamp of possibility, and we've opened ourselves up to stuff that we could never have imagined when we were like in here. Opened ourselves up to possibilities that we just couldn't have seen when we were in here including 
relationships, including a level of closeness with people, a, uh, a realization of what love really is and who we really are. We can only see that once we've kind of gone past our idea of what life is, what we're taught, what we're conditioned. Yeah, I feel like that's a great place to end, you know, and I, I think that that's, that's just wraps the whole conversation up, you know, in a, in a nutshell, you know, getting past that point, seeing who we are and, and what, you know, the infinite possibilities of life, you know. Um, I, I just wondered if there's anything you'd like to end with, you know, and, and if there's anything you'd like to say about the conversation or tell us, tell people how to contact you or what you're up to. Ooh, okay. So I would just like to say thank you, Jason. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, a real delight. I really, really, really enjoyed this. It's been it's been beautiful. You, 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 you have a lovely way of uh, of exploring. I really, really enjoyed them. Um, yeah, my if anybody wants to contact me, my email address is this is a big long thing here. Steph at that's S T E F at your unlimited potential. All one word, yourunlimitedpotential.co.uk. And uh, I'd love to share with anybody who wants to get in contact with me. I'd really enjoy that. Thank you so much for the, for the opportunity, Jason. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I've 